Hi friends and welcome back to the Asbury Deep Dive podcast. Today we're going to be diving into the sermon from March 22nd. Um, And once again, a reminder, if you want to get text updates whenever we post podcasts, you can text at Asbury Dive to 81010. We'd love to have you text in so that we can just give you the quickest information on when podcasts go live. Today we have Jesse Johnston here. How's it going? He is... The I won't get I say everyone's title wrong. What's your job title? I am the small group associate for the youth ministry. Perfect. So I'm in charge of all the small groups and our great leaders and stuff. So we'll, yeah. yeah, Jesse's awesome. He's been around Asbury for a while, so it's really fun to a year and a half now. work with him. Um, for those who don't know me, I am Melissa Ivy. Um, in the past, you've yes, I've been saying Melissa Ringma, and that was true then. But I got married on Saturday, which was awesome and was super fun. Wonderful. Jesse was there. I got there. to be there, and yeah. it was beautiful. And I did cry. I did cry. <laughs> oh, thanks, Brian. I saw Brian start to cry a little he bit, wept. and I was like, "Oh, it was sweet." <laughs> <laughs> I had to hold back the tears. Yep, yep. So I am now Melissa Ivy. Not to confuse you, um, but moving forward, that is my new name, which is super fun. So Jesse and I are here to talk about this sermon from Sunday, which you can go watch at asburytulsa.org at any time. Love to have you go watch it before you come listen to this, just so you kind of know where we're coming from and whatnot. We won't go as in-depth as the sermon does on, on various things. We kind of will pick a niche and sit there. And so the scripture was Luke 19, verses 1 through 10, which is the story of Zacchaeus climbing into a sycamore tree, which is a great story. Love that story. Super fun. And so based off of that story and kind of looking at the climate that we're in today, we want to talk about the difference between rich and abundance. I think what's so cool about this is, especially sticking out in uh, through Zacchaeus's life, is that that we see a man who's very rich. He has all the things that you could want in this world. But what Jesus is revealing to him in this moment is that there's something different and something even more so that you could have um, in life, and that is not just rich, uh, richness, but abundance. And Jesus came for those who were poor so they could have abundance. And so he also came, it said, for the rich that you can have abundance. And so like, there's, I think, a distinct difference with abundance is that abundance, especially abundance through Christ, is something that lasts outside of this world. You are taking on things in your life that can't be taken away from you. I have abundance in my faith in God. I have my abundance and uh, hope and joy and in peace and in love and all these things that um, the Lord offers us. And so we can have abundance in that and also abundance in just, I think, um, the community of Christ and the in the church, you can experience abundance through uh, having like true deep relationships. And whereas Zacchaeus was a person who took advantage of people so that you'd have personal gain in this world, Christ is saying, no, if you give of yourself in this world, they actually have abundance. So you're actually having something that it kind of, it's kind of counterculture, I think, to what um, is, I think, big in our culture is that you want to try to do what you can to get ahead. But right now, what Jesus is saying is about abundance is kind of like that up, idea of the upside down kingdom that Jesus brought is that it's just, you're not seeking something for this world, but your abundance comes in eternity. Yeah. And things of eternity. So. Absolutely. Yeah. And this world definitely tells you to seek after riches, after material right. possessions, you know, where's your treasure. But Jesus is saying, hey, there's you as a human, your needs are deeper than that. And they're mm-hmm. different than that. And let me tell you about them. Right. Which is super, super cool. And so what an interesting word, abundance, especially right now, where there's not an abundance of Toilet paper. Right. Or I couldn't buy flour at the store today. Also, all the canned soup is gone is it? at the That's, Walmart I went to. Okay, I don't know yeah. about your Walmart. I don't know. Um, but abundance is such a hot topic word, I would say, right now. And it's such an important word for Christians to understand because the world's going to tell you abundance means there's toilet paper on the shelf. And yet 
Christianity is different than that, right? Mm -hmm. Christian abundance looks different. And so um, we're going to start this topic. We're going to talk about a few different things within this realm, but talk about what is lost and what isn't lost when it comes to abundance. Mm -hmm. I think um, one thing that I think having abundance maybe even requires a little bit of loss of things in this world, maybe, Mm. and learning to set aside things for the sake of, being given something that's greater. Um, we are uh, learning to, you know, seek God for something that is truly better than what we have been seeking in this world. Um, hmm, I'm trying to think on that a little bit. Yeah. Which is a good point where, you know, with abundance, there is loss and there are things, there are things that can be lost and things that can't be lost. And sometimes right. things might need to be lost to find mm-hmm. that abundance. You know, mm-hmm. you might need to lose your phone for a week to find the abundance of personal in-person relationships Mm -hmm. right you know there's Mm -hmm. there's absolutely a give and take which is really cool and i think as a christian there's definitely principles and things you can hammer home that will never ever ever be lost right you know right and i think um i was you know in preparation for today um there was a verse i was looking at and um just kind of talking about loss and um it's in first peter and then peter's writing to a community that is experiencing loss and experiencing a lot of pain at the time but he's saying hey there's you can experience something different in this world. And it's First Peter 1, um, 8 and 9, and saying, uh, though you have not seen him, you have you love him. And though you do not, not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. For you are receiving the end result of your faith, the salvation of your souls. So you're in the midst of this loss and this crazy. This is actually one of my favorite. It's my favorite verse, I think, in the Bible, like this little section, um, even all of First Peter. But this idea that we can experience loss in this world, but the abundance that Jesus is offering us in this moment is the salvation of our souls, that our souls can actually feel that great worth and that great abundance because it's experiencing the salvation, it's experiencing that experiencing that peace of heaven that God mm-hmm. um, has promised us. That uh, salvation, it's already there, and experiencing that in our souls. So, and that abundance. Yes, we God calls us to, or and Paul writes about it. It's like we're just called to be living sacrifices. We're yeah. supposed to lay things aside so that we can do more in our life and have a life that's actually effective, a life that has an actual purpose and uh, fulfills you know, good things in the world that last beyond this world. And I think a lot of that is learning that, hey, I need to set this thing aside because that's not truly what matters. I don't need to pursue this next career goal for the sake of having, you know, that power or that uh, pay raise, but am I actually seeking after something that will impact what the, um, the kingdom is doing in the world right now? Yeah, which is so good. You know, it's it's that theory of, you know, more of Christ and less of yourself mm-hmm. and like sacrificial um, living of, mm-hmm. of being a Christian in that way, which I think is really important too, to make a distinction of, you know, you don't lose yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, I think with Zacchaeus too, we see this really, really important concept that Jesus tells us about all the time, which is that he wants to restore us. He doesn't want to replace us. And so right. he restores Zacchaeus. He doesn't say, Hey, you can't be a tax collector. Hey, you should just go to a new city where they don't know you. Hey, you should just, you know, replace yourself. He says, I'm going to restore you. Mm. You know, you're going to learn how to love others and they're going to learn to love you eventually Mm. in return. And, you know, you can still be a tax collector, just do it 
honorably, you know, do it well, do it and don't take too much off the top. Right. And there was a time in my life where I just, I prayed all the time and I was like, Jesus, just replace me, replace me with you, replace me. Just, I don't, you know, none of Melissa, you know, none of Mm. her, anything, just all Jesus, you know, Jesus, how would you physically completely be? And he really had to grab my heart and say, Hey, like, I don't want to replace you. I don't want clones of Jesus. I want you to act like me. Mm. I don't want you to be me. And so he really showed me again and again that he wants to restore us to our original creation, our original design, our original intent that he had for all of creation. He doesn't want to just kick us out and say, we're going to start anew. You know, Mm. that's not his end game at all. And I think that's really, really important too when we come to what is lost and what isn't lost because you yourself your personality, your hopes, your dreams, your desires, they aren't lost. They're just redirected. Right. You know, they're rooted. They're mm. um, shifted. I think that's so good. And I think that's beautiful to think about. And I think it's so important. I kind of went through a similar experience. Uh, I think it was maybe my first or second year in youth ministry. Um, I was on a trip in the Philippines. And there was a time I was actually like, just going through this process. Of, like, God, why am I the way that I am? Like, is joining me <laughs> different the way I am right now? And um, I think it became very evident whenever uh, we were at a school and um, I was drawn to wanting to spend time with these kids that were in the Philippines and that were there and, uh, you know, just playing soccer with them. And then, but I'm, you know, this happy go lucky guy. And like, I don't just like, I was drawn to like, you know, just playing sports with these kids. And then like some of the guys on our team were like, Jesse, we'll go do the man's work. And like, you just go over there and do that. And oh. I was like, and it, it was, it hurt me. And, it's, and so that week it was just kind of like, but I knew that's where I needed to be was with these kids for this moment. And, um, so I was like, God, is there something wrong with me? Is there something different? And so I was in the back of, uh, it's called a jeepney is a weird Jeep thing. I was just kind of sitting on the ground, um, of this, you know, makeshift like bus thing. And God was like, no, I made you that way for a reason. And I'm going to try to cultivate those things that I've placed inside of you, that happy, go lucky, that goofiness about you. I placed that in you for a reason. That's why you can connect to these kids. It's that you are set there for an actual purpose that, heart you have for students is there for a purpose. Other people might see it as goofy. I see it as some a tool for my kingdom. Yeah. And so God was speaking that to me in the moment. So like say at least the listeners is like, hey, God is working on developing those things inside of you, those things that uh, you might not necessarily know as gifts, like that could be gifts Like God's wanting to, like you said, yeah. cultivate and build up and restore you to what God's actually called you to. Yeah, which is so beautiful and so, you know, you can't just look at someone and judge them by any standards, not the world standards, not your own standards, not anything, because everyone's just so individual and you just don't know what's in their heart or what more so God is doing in their life and through their life, which is super cool. And Jesse says it so well. He talks about gifts given um, that are surpassing, which is in scripture mm-hmm. and super cool. And this is just such a beautiful concept that I think as believers, we need to hold a little tighter to. Right. And I think that would help us hold a little tighter to Christ and our identity in that mm-hmm. and whatnot. Yeah, and I think that's I think that's awesome. It's so important, and uh, that God has given us things that um, it, I think realizing that it's a shift in focus on why we're here and what we're seeking after, um, seeking after gifts that truly have an impact on the kingdom. And I think that was a it was not only like a moment uh, in the Philippines of like learning that oh this is great for me, but it's also a humbling experience that like I was I think maybe for a little bit I was trying to seek after trying to get the approval of different people and trying to shift my, who I was for that, but realizing that the gifts God had for me, if I, um, am restored 
in Christ, then I can also still lay down those gifts that were given me for God's kingdom and I can use them, but also lay them down for Christ. Like, hey, you've given me this. Now I want to give it to you in a way that uh, serves you in your kingdom and like live, mm-hmm. be that living sacrifice yeah. that Paul calls us to. Yeah, which is so beautiful. And it helps us when we do that, when we engage with our gifts in that way, mm-hmm. it helps us live in abundance. Right. You know, it helps every everything really. I mean, it just, it really shifts a lot of things. And I think if you're listening and I used to do this too, so that's why I'm saying this of, if you're listening and you're like, I don't have gifts, like they're talking about it. And I just, I know I don't have them. I used to do this thing with God where I'd be like, God, I know you came and died for Jesse and Preston, Preston records and he's amazing. Just could sing his praises all day long, but I know, I, I know you died for Jesse and Preston, but he didn't die for me. Like, you're not talking about me, you know, right. and I would just exclude myself. And he, I took a slap over the head of like, okay, really dumb, dumb. Like, no, that's not <laughs> how it works. But, you know, I think it's the same thing that we can do with a lot of these concepts of like gifts. If you're sitting there and you're like, you know what? Yeah. People around me are so talented, but I don't have, I'm just a plain Jane. I, I don't have much, you know, that's not true. You know, it's just an, a fact of who Christ is that we all have these gifts. We all have been, um, given these things to build up the kingdom and they look different in everyone, but I think everyone can be just as effective when they're doing it out of abundance and they're doing it for Christ. And I, I relate to that a hundred percent because I think there's like some concrete gifts. Like I wish I could sing beautifully, <laughs> but God was like, I think he knew my heart and was like, Jesse, if you could sing well, it would go to your head and you would not <laughs> use it for the kingdom. And so he's like, no, you're going to have a terrible voice. The only person who's going to enjoy it is me. And, um, <laughs> So make a joyful noise, right? Not a good one. It's only a joyful noise. And the only person who enjoys it is Jesus. <laughs> and, um, so, but there's not these, I have heard Jesse sing frozen too. And it's wonderful. It's, yeah. it's hilarious. Oh, <laughs> I love frozen too. Just watched it yesterday, <laughs> but yeah, I'll, I'll sing along. But again, only person who enjoys it is God. Um, but yeah, I don't have like, for me, I'm like, I don't know if I have those talents or those same things, but like realizing that again, like in that restoration process that, there's actually things God's place, God has placed in me that, you know, I n- not necessarily like talked up all the time, but like, you know, I have, I'm goofy for a reason yeah. or like, I'm not necessarily goofy, but just like, I can relate well to, uh, students and to kids. And I can, I have that ability to like, you know, make weird faces just to make someone laugh or like a sixth grader laugh or something. And like a little kid laugh. And, yeah. and, and I enjoy that. And now that I'm, you know, realize, realize that in my life that I can, begin to live in that and that God has placed gifts in me. And, and that is important. Yeah. Yeah. And goofiness is a gift. Yeah. I think yeah, it is. Yeah. yeah. And I, I mean, I think it's God's desire for every single Christian to be able to talk about their gifts and abilities the way Jesse just did, you know? Mm. And so if you can, fantastic. If you can't, I encourage you to dig into that. You know, we operate best when we operate out of our gifts and we then can live into that abundance and whatnot, which is super, super cool. And so, um, We also today kind of, it goes along with abundance. And I think something, especially in America, we love our clock. Mm -hmm. We love our time and we love, I love schedules. Some people less so, but you know, we were very on the clock. Other countries, it's so interesting to see them operate where it's Mm -hmm. like, oh no, that, that, you know, this is our time. This is what Jamaica time is like. This is what this, you know. All these things. It's super Have some CSs interesting. in there. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but I think margin is super, super important for the believer. And I think especially now as um, maybe your entire schedule was ripped away from you or your entire routine was ripped away from you or your entire um, support system of physically being with people was ripped away from you. And you know what? does margin look like in a way that you can get room to do some of these soul searching things that we're talking about? Right. And um, – Speaking of margin, there's a book I had to read in uh, when I was at ORU 
going through my undergrad and it's called margin and it just kind of is the goal is to like reshift the way you th- use your time the way you think about things even your money like how are you uh you could you're making all this money and are you did you buy a house where you can just make buy after that or have margin in your finances to where like yes I can live comfortably but then I also am living in such a way that I can have freedom to be able to give when God calls me to because mm-hmm. you know if all my money is tied up in a mortgage that for a house that like it's bigger than I actually need then God's like hey this person's in need buy them a car you know I mean that does happen sometimes like people yeah. are called to do that but like all my money is tied up in this so freeing yourself to have margin to wherever you can follow the like the waves of God's uh, the Holy Spirit moving in you and um, same thing for time like learning to know whenever uh, to give yeses to the things that be said yes to but also learning to use your no wisely when to say no I can't do that even if it's just something like say like schedule a time in your day where you can say um, you know, someone says, Hey Jesse at 1 uh, PM, can you come, uh, do this meeting? I'm like, no, I've, I have a meeting at that time. That meeting could be just for you and the Lord. Mm-hmm. And that's an important thing to do. Yeah. We have that margin to wherever you can say no to those things. But we're like, Hey, you know, I don't have a family, but like have set a time, like I need to spend time with my family. I have that scheduled time in my day to where I can have margin to be able to do that or just have scheduled time for like, you don't have anything there. So that whenever, you are just going about your day and someone is in need that you have that time set aside. Like, yeah, I can do this because I've created margin in my life to where if God calls me to something in the moment that I can respond to it. And so just learning how to give, be wise with your yeses and be wise with your no's. Yeah. Which then helps you learn the difference between rich and abundance because a rich life could be, I have a meeting every single hour. I do, you know, I'm very this, this, this. There's no margin in my time. That might seem rich, but that's not abundant. That sounds right. tiring, you know. And then also with finances, such a good example of, you know, you might be rich and have what the culture tells you to have, but you're not living in abundance. You're not living in that peace and joy that Christ is calling us to, especially with our money, to give it freely. Like, mm-hmm. you know, there's such an antithesis here from culture. Of mm-hmm. We're supposed to look so different, and margin is a beautiful way to do that in all areas of your life. You know, and I think that really can help us train ourselves, teach ourselves how to find that abundance that Christ is calling for. And I'll say, you know, margin looks different for every single person. Mm. And, you know, you can't define someone else's margin. You can't define to someone else what their priorities need to be. And so it's it's for yourself and for your family as well. And, you know, with the significant relationships in your life. But then you have to respect other people where they say no. Mm. You know, because I think also as Christians, when people say no to us to help or we hear people didn't volunteer, I think sometimes we're like... Oh, they said no. Like, oh, you're saying no to my ministry. You don't want to support wow. this, and that's like, not really that's it. So yeah. rude. But then you have to stop, and maybe that's where they needed margin. Right. You know, and you know, being respectful of that and um, being kind to others in that, I think, is really mm. important. I think so too. And um, I think something going back to like the finances and things is like, I really admire like the Hobby Lobby family. They created. They, I don't remember which one of it was, but they're like, we want to make money so that we can give it to the God's yeah. movement of God's kingdom. Yeah. I think that's such a cool thing and like be able to like seek after and like they have abundance. They they are rich, but they are, I think even more so they have an abundant life where they would build a museum mm-hmm. of the Bible or yeah. they would bail out over you at one point. And then like, you know, <laughs> like all these things is yeah. that they have, they live an abundant life. Um, yeah. Well, they're blessed to be, a, to be a blessing, right? which is what from the get go we are called to do. And that's our responsibility as people of faith, mm-hmm. you know, we are blessed to be a blessing. And when you can be blessed and find that abundance and find that margin in your life, 
it's not to then hoard it because that mm. literally just keeps you at rich. It's to then be a blessing. You know, right. that's our responsibility as people who follow Christ. So true. And I think this time that we're going through in this world right now is an excellent opportunity for us to take a step back because I think we really made ourselves busy in the church and our own personal lives. And just maybe it's a great moment that we can just say, hey, what are some things that we need to say, be saying no to? What are some mm-hmm. things that we need to be truly be, should we shift our yeses to something else? Um, are we using our time wisely for the betterment of God, um, God's church and his kingdom? And are we doing Christ's ministry well? Yeah. And uh, I think for something for me, like realizing like, you know, I need to be able to set more time aside. Like if a student calls me at a whim, I can know that I'd be able to give them that time to say mm-hmm. yes, instead of just packing my schedule and then if a student called in the middle of the day, like, well, that gets in the way of all this other stuff I needed to be taken care of, which truly maybe some delegation needs to happen. I think maybe even for us as like church leaders should be like using those that we minister to, not using them, but like calling them and to help equip them to do the ministry alongside mm, us. Absolutely. Even when we free up the church yeah. as a whole is like yeah. seeking out to um, equip our congregation to do ministry alongside us. And I think Mm -hmm. that'd be, this is an excellent time to like rethink that, you know, once this whole coronavirus thing's over, like how do we um, work alongside our congregation, call them to work alongside us to be able to do ministry with us in a way that like frees us up to where we can, uh, as a church be better uh, for our families and for our friends and for be have margin in our own lives and also be able to equip people to work alongside of us. Yeah, which is so fantastic. And I mean, times like this, it really, you really start to look around and say, what's important? Mm-hmm. You know, what's, what's my priority? What, what do I say my priorities are? And then what does my life reflect that they are? Because sometimes they can be different, you know, and it's important to know what you want them to be, but then also take those steps to practically get to that point, which is super, super important. So Jesse, question for you, for you to answer for the believers, what advice would you give them if they said, hey, I want to be abundant, not rich, and I want to find margin. Where do I start? I think first it just starts with um, figuring out who, what God's call is on your life. Mm. And I think that kind of sets a direction in it. Like, you don't necessarily need to know, like, I'm called to this specific job. But knowing, like, who do you minister to well? Like, I had to learn, I mm, learned that good. I ministered well to students. So then arranging my life in such a way that I know that my movement of my life is going towards ministering well to students. Or especially, yeah. um, I think more recent times, it's been families. Like, how can I set my life up in such a way, my t- day-to-day job, my vocation in such a way that I can minister to families? And then as for finances and stuff, like, um, I think it's also I think important to look at your finances and how do you set up in such a way that you can glorify God through your money. Um, are you spending all your money going out to eat every week? Well, maybe yeah. you should look at maybe eating at home and then that frees you up for that. Um, ultimately, I think it's just learning to uh, having a deep relationship with God in a way that the movement of God's kingdom, the Holy Spirit in the moment that you'd be able to follow that direction mm. in your life. Yeah. What a beautiful question of who am I called to minister to? Mm-hmm. You know, who do I connect best with? Who do I um, engage in conversation the best with? You know, because life really does come down to our personal relationships mm-hmm. and whatnot. And that's where we're called to witness and where we're called to be. And so what a beautiful question instead of just what's my broad strokes calling? What's my mm-hmm. job that I need to do of, you know, no, no, no. 
who do you work best with? Mm. Who do you connect with on all levels the best? You know, where do you find that joy and fulfillment in your life and then find a way, go down that lane, whatever that looks like. You could probably, most of the time, if you know, if you connect with peers the best, you know, any job will do, Mm -hmm. you know, then do, you know, what are you skilled for? You know, there's a whole Mm -hmm. process for that, but that's really freeing for sure. And I think if we as a church as a whole, you know, come together on Sundays to be rejuvenated and uh, come together and to spur each other on in our faith and then go out into the world in such a way realizing that we all have a specific task and we are a part of the body in such a way that we set our lives up to where we do have margin and are seeking after the movement of God's kingdom, the Holy Spirit working in us and leading us, then that would be life-changing. If every yeah. all of us in the pews on Sunday real, went out of those doors and decided that's how I'm going to live my life, yeah. is set it up in a way that we have margin and set up in a way to where we are seeking after abundance to better God's kingdom, not better, but like to push forward God's kingdom. Yeah, which is such a good call to the church of, is the church rich or is the church abundance? Does the church have a lot of people? Does the church have a lot of tithing? Does the church have a lot of things and ministries and programs? Maybe, but is the church abundant? You know, are you as the church or the people as the church, are they going out and living this and living with Christ and sharing love? And that's the abundance. And yes, Mm. more people doing it and living in that abundance Yes, that's great, but that's not what this is about. This is not about numbers. This is about the church being abundant, mm-hmm. oh, which is so beautiful. So beautiful. Well, thank you, Jesse, for being here today. Thank you for having me, Mel. And just in closing, will you pray over our listeners? Yeah. Father God, I uh, thank you for all those who are listening, Lord. And I just pray right now that you would reveal some things in their heart that... Uh, that might be struggling through and trying to figure out like, God, why have you placed this in my heart, God? And I just pray that you would restore it uh, for your glory and for your kingdom so that they can uh, better um, serve you and the movement of your Holy Spirit. And also pray for just time where we can, especially in this time, God, that we could rethink the way we are living our lives and seek after margin so that we can better serve you and serve your kingdom and uh, just live our lives wisely and Be good stewards of what you have given us, Lord. We love you, and in Jesus' name, amen. Amen.